The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the second part of my conversation with Alexander Graf von Schlieffen, charting the stars of Donald Trump and his chances to win again the presidential elections in the US this year in 2020. Make sure if you like the conversations on Mentory TV to subscribe to the channel. He's not the one. Definitely not. But he's the one who will evoke the change. Because he's not the one who can lead society into this new epoch definitely not because he's so rooted in the old in the old kingdom welcome to the mentor tv podcast and stay curious with patricia falco becali so what are the chances looking at trump's birth chart and his chart in general what are the chances that the leader that he revealed himself to be can really lead into this new epoch with air or would be the combination Biden and Harris the right combination? What, what do the charts say there? The chart says he's not the one. Definitely not. But he's the one who will evoke the change because he's not the one who can lead the society into this New epoch, definitely not, because he's so rooted in the old in the old kingdom. But you know, as I said, it's like when when you give birth to a child, the birth of a new epoch. It's bloody. It's painful. It's a tension. It's a fight for life. It's about all or nothing at all. You know. Mm-hmm. So we are we are witnessing the birth of a new epoch, and we are right in the middle of it. So these political leaders, they are part of the, the, the tension and the blood and the intensity that is required in order to take a decision for the new rather than saying in the old. So let me look a bit more at his chart, if you don't mind. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you have a screen share maybe? Do you have a chart that we can, we we can all have a look at? Of course we do. Can you see it? Excellent. Yes, I don't understand a thing, but I can see it. It doesn't matter. This, this is the natal chart. Can you see the mouse? Yes, I can. Yes. This Very is his natal chart. And those are the constellations, the actual constellations and the ones in November. Mm-hmm. They are, uh, this is like what's happening on the outside at this time. And this is his natal chart on the inside. And this is his natal chart. So you can see this is Gemini. This is the sign Gemini. Mm-hmm. This is the planet Uranus. This is the moon, the wounded moon. He has a very wounded moon, but he doesn't want to feel it. That uh, he, moon means emotions, right? Moon means the emotions, the connection with the mother, the connection with the origins, but also your own emotional history. And it's also somehow the gateway to your soul. So when this planet, and this planet Uranus who is like an, a maverick, 
when he's connected to the sun and the moon, this is a bit too much. That means that somebody, it means somebody is afraid to stay where he is, to show who he is, mm. to, to, to be responsible for who he really is. But then he has this, you see this big blue line to the, this is the planet Jupiter. Yeah. And it's also connected uh, with a tiny blue line with his moon that helps him to be very successful. You know, despite the lack of empathy. This is Mars, you see, the fighter. Yeah. And Mars is in the sign of Leo, and that means that pride is a very big issue. So ego, there's the ego perhaps with the Leo. <laughs> yeah, ego is very strong, and pride. And when you have a lack of empathy, and when you have a, I want to say, a fucked up relationship with your emotional life, pride is um, like a compensation becomes important i'm important you know because you don't you don't feel this therefore you have to approve it to yourself more and more and more and more then he has this constellation here this is venus and saturn venus and saturn is a constellation that i call the ugly duckling and i want to explain this the venus is about love Venus is about how I love and being loved. Mm. And his Venus is in Cancer, which is the sign of the moon, the sign of the mother. So he somehow wants to be loved by the mother. Saturn is about the ambition and what you want to go for, what you want to achieve in life. And Saturn always says, when, especially when you're young, you are not good enough. Yeah. And, you know, we all, every one of us, has an anxiety of separation on some level, some more, others less. And everyone has um, a fear to be left from a, from a beloved person. Of rejection, of rejection. This is where the ugly duckling maybe comes in as well. Thank you very much. It's a fear of rejection. And we all have this. But when you have this particular constellation, your fear of rejection is uh, five times stronger than in a so-called normal human being. And usually when people have this in their chart, they look for a partner that gives them security without being a risk. That means they don't look at a partner on the same eye level. Mm -hmm. So they, can, they don't have to face the fear of the ugly duckling. They are in a safe place, but they pay the price of no passion as well. Can, is, does it make sense to you? Yeah, it does make sense. You kind of go for somebody that you actually retain lower than yourself, i.e. Yeah. you don't feel threatened. And yes. if you don't feel threatened, you don't feel that you might be rejected from, the, from that person because yes. they are lower than yourself anyway. So the fear is gone. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So that means when you have this in your natal chart, there's a very, very strong fear of not being loved. This is so strong in his chart. And this is also a driving force because you can compensate this constellation with money. So you have a lot of property. So you think, especially in the earth cycle, in the earth kingdom that is going to end, significance was defined by money. The more you own, the more important you are. We also had this in art. We have lists of important artists. 
And the list is the one who sells best is the most important one, which is from an artistic perspective or from a cultural perspective is ruthless, you know, because the, the, the money that you pay for a work of art doesn't always relate to the quality or the substance of the work, you know. We have had this in, in, in history pretty often. But this is something that is kind of the result of the Earth era, that even culture has become part of... of yeah. A, yeah, being monetized, basically. Yeah, completely. Everything has become... Then the question is not, is that good art, is that bad art? Is the art being marketed well? And, um, you know, there's awareness about it, so it, it finds buyers in a market. And then, of course, the value, the monetary value goes up, but not necessarily the artistic value. Exactly. So when you have this thing, it's like, a, it's like an ongoing needle pin. And um, this is like, it's like a wound in your chart. And so he's got two wounds. He's got the, 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 the wound of the, with the moon, the feeling. It's the fear to feel intensity. And at the same time, it's the fear not to be loved. And so these two are interconnected. Mm -hmm. And they are part of his anima in his chart. So it's the female part in his chart, you know? So the female part in his chart is very weak, but very powerful. So it doesn't give him strength. So he's trying to overcompensate these weaknesses with his Leo, like, I'm Mr. Wonderful kind of, <laughs> you know, number. And since... Mars is on the ascendant. Mars is sometimes a bit also ruthless. It's rough. And it wants to win. And the ego, because it's in Leo, it's about the ego wants to win and it doesn't look to the right or the left. And since the empathy is at one of the lowest levels that you can imagine, uh, you, you can use your elbows pretty well because you don't mind about what the others feel. Because exactly. when you feel too strongly what the others feel, it might remind you yourself about how much pain you have inside yourself. Yeah, well, being a bully means that basically you can be a bully because you can't empathize. So yeah. it feeds into the description that is often given to Trump. Yes, and you know what is very dangerous when somebody doesn't... You know... We are human beings, we all have our weaknesses. But when you don't want to feel your pain, that's inhuman. So the thing is, when you look, then here, this is the planet Mercury. You see, Mercury is the sky, and Mercury rules Gemini. So it's, it's a very important planet. And Mercury is about how you communicate, how you think, how you make your deals in life. And this Mercury has a tight aspect to the planet Neptune. Neptune is, on some levels, when you are a spiritual person, Neptune is the gateway to the so-called higher self and to your ability to be graceful and humble towards the universe and to, to be respectful. But when you don't have this, uh, when you don't have this personality, Neptune is more about being tricky and hiding away things you don't want other people to see. Mm -hmm. Lying. Lying. And Neptune is also in the second house of his property and his money. And that means there is something absolutely hidden. 
And since it's connected to this important planet, it means that the foundation, this is very tough what I say, but I'm sorry, it's just the interpretation of the, of the chart. The foundation of his life is based on a lie. Ha! Ha! This is, and then we have another constellation, then we have all the, talked about all the planets, this is Pluto. And Pluto is about how you give yourself to life and how you commit yourself to life and how you invest into things. And it's also about how you conquer somebody. When You know, in a relationship, you meet somebody and you want that person and you yep. try to get it. Mm -hmm. Pluto is the one, the agent that helps you to really reach the other person. So Pluto is about the way you make your deals. And you see, this is in a field that has the number 12. And 12 is the hidden reality. That means the agent of conquering things in his birth chart is in the, in the 12th house, and that means it's in a hidden reality. That means he makes negotiations behind the curtain that people don't know. And all these planets will be activated next year mm -hmm. when we go to the right thing. These planets will be activated next year. And you see here on this image, this is the planet Uranus, who is always good for a surprise. Yeah. And you see this red line yeah. coming up to this Pluto, and that means there will be a surprise about his hidden business. But this is already happening now, and a couple of days ago, mm -hmm. They were on the news. They said something about his um, his tax stuff. I mean, about the debts that he has. I think it was seventy three millions or whatever. You know. Yeah. And this is just the beginning. And then he has this constellation, which is maybe the most interesting one. This is Neptune. And this Neptune is going to be in a in a tight aspect to his sun and his moon. Mm -hmm. And this is a constellation that for a humble spiritual personality, that means that you give in and you open up for more life. For, you know, you, you can take on more and more of life. You can see more, you can feel more. It's a great aspect for musicians and artists because it means they, have they can have incredible visions. Yeah, you know? inspiration. They're open to inspiration. and uh, Yes, yeah. but Neptune is about everything above your ego. It's not about yourself. Neptune is like, as I said before, the gateway to spirituality. And if you are not a spiritual person, you are always, you have a wa wacky relationship to Neptune because Neptune is about the uncertainty, about the things that might happen that you can't have under control. So the major planets in his chart are afflicted for the next two years by this planet Neptune. And this is happening in the, in the, in the place of his chart. It's called the eighth house, which is about how, how, what's about your life risk? How risky are you in life? It's like no risk, no fun. The more you give, the more you can get. But in the past, it was also called death. In terms of, it's the ultimate investment in life, to give yourself to life. But Neptune reigns the invisible world. 
Yeah. And so he's already completely in the arms of Neptune, already now. And that means that he already now has an incredible amount of unforeseeable problems, but they are not visible. This is like he lives in a building. He has an incredible, beautiful, big house, Leo rising, ho, 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 you know? Yeah. But the foundation of the building under the earth is completely rotten, rotten by water. But you don't, you can still have parties for two years and drink champagne on the balcony. Yeah. You don't see the result yet. But the house of cards is a house of cards and eventually it will just collapse. Yes. And so what I see, the collapse is inevitable. And this constellation would also include that even if he would win the elections, it would be a fake. Yeah, no, I, I like that. It would be a fake. But that fake, if he wins the election, will have significant uh, consequences, which are real for, you know, our world. It's, it might not become as real as we think now. Because it doesn't mean, it, you know, we have to see what's going to happen in two years. What's going to happen with him in two years? Okay. What will be the result of the whole situation? And he might have to pay a price for this that he cannot foresee himself right now. Because the thing is with astrology, it's about, you see the cycles and the cycles are emerging. They are coming. It's like, You know, because we come out of the Earth era, we think we can do things, we can manipulate everything, we can decide about things. But it's like, you know, when spring comes, spring comes. Yeah. Can't change it. And it's the time for strawberries. <laughs> and you don't have strawberries in winter and you don't have strawberries in summer. Yeah. So when the time is changing, the time is going to change. So what we see now is like a virtual scenario of some sort. This is how I understand it from the astrological perspective. And since this is going to happen at the turn of an epoch, of a 200-year epoch going into a new 200-year epoch, everything this is, that is happening this year is like an agent for the beginning of a new epoch. And this person cannot stop the new epoch. This is impossible. Okay. So they're the stars and the moving into the new star cycle is stronger than Donald Trump. That is what I'm getting, just to make it really simple. <laughs> yeah, to make it very simple, it means that it's the beginning of a new era and he, his foundations are in the old era. But this bleeding out might still take... If I no, pick up on your analogy with a rotten house or with a house or with a rotten, uh, you know, foundation. Uh, yeah. That We it, talk about 200 years. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 200 years and it might take some time. It's like a birth, what's happening now and next year. It's like a birth. And some people think they know now what's going to happen. And he wants to know what's going to happen. And he wants to be in control of everything. But life and nature and the cycles and earth are bigger than he is. It's hard for him to believe that since he's got this strong Leo emphasis in his chart. But, you know, 
Very interesting. So my perspective on the whole scenario is less about the facts that are going to happen now and this year than about what we need in order to make the shift from one epoch to the next. And the constellations that he's going to have in the next two years are not so funny. Well, for those people that don't support Trump, that is good news. Of course, for the Trump supporters, it is not. Alexander, perhaps we stop screen sharing in order yes. to conclude uh, our conversation as well. Yes, of course. Um, so moving into the new era, just a quick wrap up because I mentioned it at the beginning of the show. We do have uh, Biden and Harris, Scorpio and Libra potentially yeah. being in the mix without having charted them really down to, to the ground as you did with Donald Trump. Just a quick whip over their star signs uh, and when they were born and where they were born. Mm -hmm. Would they be better leaders to go into this new epoch? She, yes. Oh, that is strong. She, yes, means he, no. You know, he also is somebody, he has a lot of Scorpio planets in the hidden part of his chart. That means I wouldn't give him all my confident informations about my life to, t to be in charge of it. She's completely different. And um, so I was wondering about this because, um, you know, the question is, would he be the right one? Would he be the right alternative? You know, this is a big question. But, you know, the questions are a bit phenomena, phenomenalistic. Is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? It's a leap of an epoch. So it's not about what's going to happen now because what's happening this year might be different a year later. But that is interesting because, as you were saying, it seems that everything is kind of bleeding in the, uh, together yeah. in, in a time of change, which, and that might be totally wrong, but just out of the gut makes me think, okay, Biden might not be the right one, but he again, in another sense, to Donald Trump, may be the catalyst to the writer or right person who could be Kamala Harris. Yes. For example, absolutely. Her child is much kinder, you know? Yeah. It's more open. She's more, she's, her child shows more an open personality, a flexible personality. But maybe not the right person to be a leader in an earth age, you know? But she has a lot of air in her child, so she might be better for the next, for the next upcoming years. Yeah, and uh, I, I just looked very briefly at her chart and how, sh how her chart is being described with my, you know, um, well, I'm not an expert, of course you are, but she is described as diplomatic, fair, idealistic, social, clever, and optimistic. Um, and uh, Biden, on the other hand, passionate, intense, highly sexual, mm -hmm. um, reactive, over-emotional and jealous as well. So it seems to be quite interesting that um, Kamala Harris has a lot more positive <laughs> descriptions to her uh, chart that I could pick up at the moment um, mm -hmm. than, than Biden. So that's an interesting one too. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. But she's also powerful. It's not, 
she has a lot of strength in her chart, which is also very, very interesting. But you know, when you also when you look at the personal development of of a of a, of, of a person, sometimes we need edges in our biography. Things and sometimes afterwards we say, "Why the fuck on earth did I did this?" But then we find out without this, we wouldn't have made the next step. And so this is more my understanding of the current situation that we are in now. That. A lot of these phenomena are catalysts because we also come out, you know, one of the sub-cycles, it's a 38-year cycle that started in 82 and ended now in Jan on January the 12th, is about marketing. And we, we come out of a phase where marketing was the overall recipe for success. And so this was completely about quantity and marketing and not about quality and content. Mm. And we had stars, uh, you know, at this time who, who were successful because they were high professional marketing people. And when everything is about marketing, your behavior becomes strategical. And it's not about having an attitude. And, you know, we have, we also live in a world that has a lot of richness to it and complexity, multiculturality, which is so beautiful. But in the past de decades, we have not learned to defend this and to, to really acknowledge what it means. And embrace and kind of live together. Yes. Embrace is wonderful. So everyone was on, on itself trying to, to, to create a marketing situation that things go on. The final result is something you can see on Instagram. It's like the, the selfie culture. Me, myself, and I, you know, every day, am I beautiful here? I'm drinking this coffee. Oh, people, don't you like me? This is self-marketing. It's, it, it's very special, I think, you know? And um, so we lost a sense of responsibility for the values. And probably in order to find a clue back to the values, we need to have very, very edgy situations. And to be angry, to be pissed off, sorry to say, in order to see we have to react in a different way. And I think at the moment you see it, that the, the whole world everywhere is really kind of starting to bubble up and there are demonstrations, if not riots, there is, you know, the inequality hit just such a level um, and also exonerated by the, by the fact that the COVID-19 crisis causes many, many job losses, even more poverty. Things are definitely shifting, moving, and, and people want to be heard. And they are, as you were just saying, very upset right now. Yeah, and the, it, 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 it's getting strong. It's going to be stronger and stronger and stronger. It's like we have to fight for what is important for us. And, you know, something I, I pretty often said in the past uh, sequences of my podcast, this moment or this part, the autumn this year is about the differentiation between opinion and attitude. And I think we have lost track. We, we have mixed uh, opinion with attitude because having an opinion is something you just have it, but it doesn't require personal consequences in mm. how you act and how you feel. Mm. But having an attitude means 
it has a consequence on what I do and how I do it and with who I share whatever. And so my understanding of the, the, the constellations of fall, winter 2020 is about finding back the key to attitude. And by attitude, I don't talk about morals. I don't talk about a political attitude. I talk about an attitude of the cultural values, the richness and what is really important. Like a base, like a base, uh, you, you're building everything within you or around you. Yes, yes. That's beautiful. Yeah. Alexander. Yeah. Well, we could speak for hours as we usually yes. do. <laughs> <laughs> so for now, thank you so, so much. I think we, we have really dug quite deep um, and uh, there was so much insight in there. And now we can just wait and see uh, what happens. Um, you know, pricked uh, ears and bushy tails. Thank you so much. And uh, fingers crossed that really this transition from the earth era to the air era is going to be less about bleeding out. It's more about, you know, cleansing out, detoxing, and then breathing good, fresh, wholesome, holistic, <laughs> system-driven air going forward. Yes, I have to apologize because I was talking more than the last time when we had a conversation because usually you, you have wonderful questions, but, you know, and then... I was just talking about the constellations, you know, in a row and kind of somehow didn't give you enough space for your brilliant questions. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Alexander. You're the star of the show. I'm just the facilitator. And I was too wrapped up in listening to you anyway. So thank you so much. It was a big pleasure. Thank you very much, Diamantry TV community again. Alexander is always such an inspiration. And Astrology is a science. Don't be mistaken. There is a big difference between what you read in the newspaper and the Daily Mail and what Alexander has to offer. Go to his podcast, Astropod. If you speak German, it's fantastic. It comes out every Friday. I'm listening to it religiously. And of course, I'm also in a personal private contact with Alexander. So if you want your own charts, um, your birth charts or your life chart being charted, Alexander is the person you can get him through uh, my YouTube channel. I have all of his socials always in the description of the video. So thank you very much for joining us today. And I see you soon with thank another you. great conversation. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.